What's up, everybody? Joe Sib here with you, sitting across from my co-host, Anaya Bogue. Welcome to Rad Parenting. Uh, today's show is going to be driven by one of the emails that I always ask all of our listeners to send. I always tell everyone at the end of the show, during the show, hey, send us an email, radparenting at gmail.com. If you've been listening to the show over the last 112 episodes, there's been quite uh, a large amount of shows driven by the questions that a lot of the folks that listen to the show ask us. And I love that because I know I use this word. A lot of people use it. It, it might be getting overused. Uh, it's a community. And I really feel that Rad Parenting has really become a community. Absolutely. And as you've taught me from that uh, episode that we did, It Takes a Village, it does take a village to raise our kids. Yes. Uh, I actually had that conversation recently, Anaya, with a parent that was at the house, and they hadn't heard it. Really? Yeah. And, and uh, they were like, oh my gosh, that is such a great analogy. And I was like, no, check it out. And then, of course, I totally plugged the podcast. Nice. <laughs> right well there. done. You're so good at that. Right Joe. there. Hey, I uh, want to remind you guys, a little bit of business. Uh, hey, keep the radparenting at Gmail emails coming in. If you are interested in being a part of Anaya's beta test group, we've received a ton of emails about it. It's radparenting at gmail.com. Uh, the beta test group is going to start how long until we actually start it? So it'll probably be mid, we're looking at a mid-May start. It'll be a six-week commitment once a week. And it's basically like a beta group for our new online platform where we're offering courses for parents to start. Eventually, it'll be also for kids and teens and educators, but we're starting with parents. This is an opportunity to get a free six-week uh, class with me um, to just do what we do at Rad Parenting, but to do a deeper dive. There you go. And we are still looking for people to be a part of that. Email now, radparenting at gmail.com. Hey, while you're emailing that, do you live uh, in Bridgeport, Connecticut, or do you live near Bridgeport, Connecticut? Would you like to come and see me do stand-up? I think you would, because I'm way funnier in person than I am on the show. Just so you know, I'm super subdued on this show. <laughs> Because um, I didn't want to blow it as someone that you all would be listening to. But as the title of the show says, she's the expert, he's not. Come to my comedy show and find out why I'm not the expert and what led me to doing rad parenting. And you ready for this? I'm opening for uh, gut buster, rib cracker, Jim Brewer. You know him from Saturday Night Live. Uh, you know him from the movie Half Bake. Um, he had a great uh, documentary he did on his dad called uh, More Than Me that I recommend everyone seeing. Wow. Have your tissues ready. <gasps> Jim Brewer, he's been taking me all over the country for the last, uh, gosh, six months. And I'm not just saying this because, you know, he takes me everywhere. He's such a great friend. He's a real spiritual person. Uh, he's been married uh, with his wife. He has three girls. Uh, they've been together. He's a good he, human. He's just a great Everything guy. Everything you told me about him, I'm just like, that's a good human. Yeah. And I'll be honest, before I met him, I had the vision of, oh, he's the Saturday Night Live, Joe Pesci, Goat Boy, you know, all those things he does. And it's it's hilarious. His show, Straight Up and Nana, is hilarious. Uh, having three girls has given him so much material. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. And he's just a funny human being. His show, is, it's like seeing... It's not like seeing one guy. It's like seeing nine people because he does all these characters, but not in a not in a annoying Shticky way. Sticky way. Yeah. In a, yeah. Yeah. And it's fun. So anyway, what I'm doing right now is I'm going to be with him at the Stress Factory Grand Opening in Bridgeport, Connecticut, May 3rd, 4th, and 5th. And if you want to go, uh, you can check out stressfactory.com. Uh, those are the, the have the set times and everything. But you know what? I'm going to give away um, a couple pairs of tickets uh, to the shows. So uh, let me know which one you want to go to. May 3rd, 4th, or 5th. I'm going to pick two winners. And you're going to come to the show and you're going to say hi to me and we're going to hang out 
And it'd be great to meet some rad parenting people out there in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Stress Factory with Jim Brewer, May 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Email now if you want tickets, radparenting at gmail.com, and I will pick a winner, and you will come and see me next week. Okay. Well, it's actually this week, because by the time you hear our voices, it'll be the week of of the shows. All right. All the business behind us. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, a lot of the shows are generated by the questions that people from Rad Parenting uh, ask us. Anaya, drop right into this. I got this email. I forwarded it to you right away. It hit a lot of different nerves with me, mm-hmm. and you hit me back right away. We got to do a show on this. Uh, I think the listener, too, asked us not to mention their name. Right. Yeah, and in the future, fine. just so you know, we will not mention your names. No need to. Take it away, Anaya. Okay, so I'm gonna kind of uh, I'm gonna give the first little sentence, and then I'm gonna jump down to the guts here. So my concern and question is, is what this listener says: How much can a dad's influence, whether positive or negative, affect his daughter's self-esteem? And then the guts of it are throughout this time, so over the course of the years, um, her the daughter is now in tenth grade. My husband and I have struggled to get on the same page when it comes to parenting. He is much harder on her than our other children, and I get that she's a difficult child. But he doesn't even try to go out of his way to spend time with her. I have mentioned this over the years, and it's almost like he thinks that consequences will eventually teach her how to be quote unquote good. I have told him how negative father-daughter relationships can lead girls down the wrong path, looking for approval and or love in other places. I know how important affirmation is, and he refuses to let her know he appreciates the little things, uh, for example, when she gets her her chores done, etc. He and our daughter are very much alike, so I think that this is part of their problem. I think he also doesn't like feeling out of control, which she can bring out. Uh, she can bring that out of him. I know that is his. I know that is his issue, not hers. And if he would try to control his reactions to her, things may fall into place. She has gotten to the point where she tells me, "What's the point?" She is starting to shut down, and I know that she is looking for acceptance anywhere and from anyone besides at home. She feels ugly, and she feels like the outcast of our family. She has started cutting. And we are getting uh, her back into counseling. Hopefully, we'll find someone who she can talk to. So much damage has already been done. So first things first. On the cut, because I know everybody's ears perked up when I said cutting. Um, we are going to do an episode in the very near future to tackle that supercharged topic. It's way more common than I think any of us realize or want to realize. So we are going to do um, a, a, a show specifically dedicated to that. I'm not going to touch that part of the email today okay. as sort of like one of the outcomes of this interaction. But this is such a, a just a, a, a juicy email. Um, but but what I really loved about it, Joe, is I know that so many parents are struggling with this particular dynamic, um, even if their specific circumstances are slightly different. And when I saw the email, I immediately, it touched so many uh, feelings and triggers for me yeah. uh, from being a father. And one of the biggest things that that he that he, the, the uh, mother mentioned, and I know you're going to go into it and I'm excited for this, is uh, the father and daughter are very similar. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that for me hits such a huge nerve because my daughter and I are so similar. Mm-hmm. And over the years, I've learned that some of the uh, push and pull between the two of us is really, and I don't know if this if there's a term for it. Sometimes I feel like I'm looking in a mirror at myself yes. and and I'm I, I, over the years, it would just be a push and pull of like, I, I'm almost arguing with me. Mm-hmm. You know, so yes. all of the tricks I know and all the ways that yes. I handle things and yes. all the pushback, yeah. 
wait a minute, how'd you learn that? Wow, I this this is you know father like daughter yes, right here. Yes. So take it from the top. Okay. Break it down for us. We'll I will. take a break in a little bit. Okay. And then what I'm hoping, Anea, we can land it on is how uh, to navigate a situation like this at home for a, most importantly, the father, mm-hmm. and uh, secondly, the mother. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I I'm, I'm going to ask you too if if you know the importance of the relationship of of a man or a male mm-hmm. in a young boy or a young girl's life. Great. Is, those are my three yep. kind of questions that okay. I wrote down when we started talking about this. Terrific. Okay. So let's start with the let's start with the foundational piece, which to me is relationship in general. Not just father-daughter relationship, father-son, mother-daughter, you know, what any relationship. Our primary purpose, the primary sort of glue if you will, is that we are seeing ourselves reflected back through that relationship. That's one of the primary functions. Let's not call it the glue. One of the primary functions of relationship is to serve as a mirror, to reflect back to us things that are inside of us, some of which we are aware of, some of which we're not. And we get to see those things about ourselves through the person that we're interacting with. And regardless of the sex of our partner. Absolutely. Okay. So you're just saying overall. Overall. Got it. Yep. This this applies to any any relationship where there's any, any sort of yes, exactly. Specifically, I mean any any close, reasonably close relationship where there's some charge of like, I care about this person, I care how this person feels about me. So definitely in all familial relationships, um, but also, you know, romantic context, friendship, whatever. Got it. So the 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 thing and and I have said this repeatedly on this show that any time that we're going to tackle a, a challenge, an issue, whatever, as a parent, it always has to start with ourselves. And the reason for that is not just like, we need to get it right in terms of clarity. We need to figure out what we're modeling. We need to be able to model the thing that we want our kid to do or to learn or whatever. It, it's even it's even bigger than that. On a deeper level, it's saying, if I am feeling a particular reaction to my child's behavior, why is that? And so this mother here very astutely is calling out the control piece, which is usually a big one, right? We come, and I've said this in a recent show, we come from a history, generations of parenting from a very hierarchical um, f- format, right? Or, or perspective. We as the parents are the ones who know everything. We're the boss because we've had more life experience and our kids are just supposed to follow along, receive our great wisdom and, and accept what we think they should do in order to be good humans in the world. The fact is that your child is a human, a full-blown human in their own right. And the more that we put on our own expectations that exist because of our own personal experience and our own idea of what's important and what's not is um, always going to be received with pushback, or at least it's going to be received with by pushback when that is not in line with who our child- children are authentically, right? Got so it. if you just imagine that your kid comes into the world as this new baby and contrary to like once upon a time where we were like, children are blank slates. They come in with a certain, I would say, perfection. They are wired in a certain way. They are going to have their own unique passions, the things that spark them in the world and so on and so forth. If we say, well, what's always been amazing to me has been science. I've always been fascinated by science and I see the value in learning science. If we put that on our kid, 
who may understand like, oh, it's fun to do science projects, but I, the thing that makes my, my heart sing is, is doing art, is, is, is doing a painting or creating a piece of music or listening to music or whatever. We are effectively saying, no, 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 disconnect from that part of yourself, that part of your unique self and be the version that I need you to be to feed my, my wiring. If that, does that make sense know, so and, far? And also, and who knows, to feed your wiring, but to feed the void, to feed maybe yes. what you didn't obtain as a child, exactly. to feed how your parents treated you. Exactly. Okay, all of that, I love. Yes. The, the, the thing, okay, the only thing that's rolling through my mind mm -hmm. here is in this particular email, I, I got I, it, it just, I, I'm feeling, the first thing that the dad says is like the consequences of me not being there for her and her, you know, that's going to, that's going to fix the situation, you right. know, like well, and, and that type of that, how damaging is yes. that? Okay. So, so basically, so let's take it now. That's, that's the next layer. So if, as if when we're parenting, we take it personally, which is all ego, I, my kid should do, should be in the world the way I think he or she should be in the world, which is, is a compilation of my own personal life experience and all the crud my parents and the expectations my parents put on me. We have an opportunity as, as this generation of parents to really change the game and, and change the game in a way that is going to benefit not only us as individuals, not only our children, but the world in the sense that we are going to be um, facilitating the development of whole human beings, not human beings who have sacrificed their own authenticity to be acceptable to their parents, to maintain attachment to their parents. Okay. So in this particular case, we have a father who is looking at his daughter's behavior and is going, this is unacceptable. And the way that I'm going to show her that this is unacceptable and try to get her to behave differently is to withhold love or is to have harsh consequences, um, et cetera, et cetera. Or almost, and, or almost checking out emotionally. Or checking out emotionally. And this is what we do as parents, is, or in, and not just as parents, as humans, it is our tendency to check out of any sort of relational um, interaction or emotionally charged situation if we start to feel, if it starts to feel scary or it's threatening the way that we are committed to being in the world. Wow, so you're almost saying that the father is, this is a reaction from fear. It is absolutely a fear of being out of control, a fear that her being that way is not going to affirm and allow him to continue to just be the way that he is. That, and this is the part of the pushback in relationships is we want to just be like, I'm going to, I'm going to do me. So you need to adapt and allow me to do me as opposed to I, it is my responsibility to be the best version of myself as a parent. It is my job to help you be the best version of yourself, which does not necessarily mean, and in fact, rarely means being just like me because they are unique individuals who have their own wiring, their own passions, their own, um, authentic selves that need to just be given guidance and spaciousness to become that full version of themselves. Anaya, right there, that's a game changer for me. Because I never for a second thought that th this particular father in this moment, we've all been there mm -hmm. dealing with these type of issues. All right, maybe we've all not checked out emotionally and been like, all right, I will only show love if you start to get on the, the, the plan that I've chosen for yes. you and stop, you know, stop misbehaving. 
that that's coming from a place of fear of being out of control, not a place of fear of like, oh my God, but just a place of, no. I have, wow. So it's almost, it's almost having to, the, that father has to step aside and go and work on that issue with himself first, first. first before finishing out and beginning the future and the journey with his daughter continuing That's right. on. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to drop right back in. You're listening to Rad Parenting. Rad Parenting, Joe Sib here with you. Anea Bogue, uh, talking about a letter that we got uh, from one of our listeners. Um, where we just left off right there was the fact that this father is distancing himself from his daughter saying, hey, the further I distance uh, myself from her, uh, in the end, she will learn and she will wake up and start behaving the way that I want her to. And then we will begin our relationship as father and daughter. And I've just realized, and you've just made it completely clear that is BS and it'll not work, <laughs> unfortunately. Right. In a perfect world, it would be great if it did, but it won't. Right. Okay. Uh, the last thing we stepped off to was the ego that we all have, this father is feeling that. And on top of it, and no diss to the father, hey. We've all been there. We've all been there. He's trying a tactic that he thinks works. Who knows? That might be a tactic that was used on him. Very likely. It, very likely because that is okay. So, so to get to the, you know, the the mom references control. We're talking about fear. Those things, the need for control, it c- comes from this place. As a parent, if you don't do the things that I say you need to do, which are driven by what I've decided is valuable, is appropriate, is correct, both in terms of our child parent relationship, um, but also like I as a human being need to like need to be affirmed by you following and doing things the way I think they should be done. Because if you push back and you don't do the things that I think are important, somehow if I take that personally, that means the things that I think are important are not really important. That's not actually what it means. It means that while they may be important for you and they may have worked or they may be vestiges of the version of yourself you thought you needed to be because that's what your parents taught you, you will be unacceptable. We will withdraw our love if you don't do X, Y, and Z, right? That's the old model of parenting. And so in this case, the father's need for control, meaning I need my daughter to behave the way I think she should behave in the world, is is his big reactions are, are, I need her to do this to affirm me. I need her to do this to feel like I'm in control as a parent. I need her to do this so I feel like she respects me as a parent. All of that is ego. And in the minute that you stop- Especially number two and three. Right. And and in the minute that you stop and go, oh, wait a minute, my job as a parent is not to steer this ship in a way that like, do as I do, you have to be exactly like me. Otherwise, that means somehow I'm not enough, or it means that you're not doing it right, or you're not going to be as good as I am or as successful as I am. That is just that is a path to destruction. And and then what happens is as I think is part of what's happening here is when you start to take that personally, the going into self-preservation or self-protective mode leads us. So the mom's saying she's shutting down because she's feeling unaccepted, not good enough. How do I get my my father's love? And he's doing the same thing. He's also going through a version of shutting down to protect himself. What does it mean that my daughter doesn't look at me like I'm all that in a bag of chips? What does it mean that my daughter's not respecting me? She's not doing the things I think she should do. And the fact is, just as I've said before, if we can pause and say, I'm going to look at my child as a human being. First and foremost, 
If I were interacting with any other human being, or if I turn it back on myself and I say, what motivates me to engage and become more close in a relationship, to be more trusting? It's feeling seen. It's feeling heard. It's feeling loved. It's feeling like that other person's capable of having compassion, meaning not necessarily that we see the world in exactly the same way, but that person says, hmm, well, I see where you might feel that way. I see why you might think that way. And the most important, one of the most important things we can do for, for our, our children, and I literally dedicated the whole final chapter of my book to this, is, is recognizing that they are on their own unique path. They are unique individuals on their own unique path. We have to allow the balance of guiding them to keep them safe as they explore that and spaciousness to figure out who they are and loving them through that understanding that so they- you're so okay so this is the real test for the father here mm-hmm. you just nailed it loving mm-hmm. being there mm-hmm. he's saying i'm not going to show my love i'm not going to i'm going to i'm going to be and that's going to get her to do the thing I'm i need her to do emotionally void you'll be you'll see you don't get to hang out with me i'm not going to ask what's going on with you you're right. not a part of uh, my plan until you start acting what you're saying is that he has to go the complete other way yes. and embrace it more hey Right now, I get it. You're getting into trouble. This is yes. happening. Everyone's upset at you. Check yes. it out. I'm here for you. Exactly. Even though you just got expelled from school, and I'm, I'm throwing that out there, even yeah. though you did this, even though this happened and now you're in trouble for that, you're saying, coming in and saying, hey, check it out. You're totally blowing it right now, but yep. check it out. I love you. Yes. I'm not going anywhere. We're going to ride this out together and check it out. You're going to keep blowing it and I'm right underneath you. Exactly. And I'm here. Exactly. And I'm not going to say I'm stoked that you're blowing it because it's making my life super, super hard and complicated, but I'm not going anywhere and I'm going to ride this out with you. That's Is that the conversation? Exactly. And that is such, like, let's acknowledge what a difficult conversation that is. It is terrifying. It feels risky. And it's not like a lot of people will, will hear what you just said and they'll be like, well, what do you mean? Like no consequences when my kid is behaving badly. That's not what we're saying. Of course, but especially at the age that this daughter, and she's now in 10th grade, she's 15 or whatever. What is going to work based on her developmental stage is helping her understand for herself and see. So instead of saying, you know, you're not going to do this, this is going to be the consequence, sitting down and saying to her, so if you make that choice, here's, let's talk about what some of the consequences could be, positive and negative. What are some of the outcomes? Or I even say this, when you make those, in my dealings um, situations, I've made like, hey, check it out. You blew it. Video games are gone for six weeks. Oh my God, how can you do that to me? You know, not so much now because they're older, but whatever. And I'd be like, I know, it sucks. Yeah. Because you love, you know what? And, but I can't believe, I know. We're going to have to figure out something else to do. But because A, B, and C happened, those are gone. And almost saying with the consequences, not that it's a, a, like, see, you'll be sorry. Right. You know, threat as yes. much as like, look, this just happens, but I still love you. Exactly. You know, exactly. I, I'm still there for you. Right. It's, it's, it's like this. I love you. It is important as my job as a parent and my primary job as a parent is to help you be the best version of yourself so that when you go out into the world and I am not there with you, you are able to navigate making choices and understanding what potential consequences could be and then choosing accordingly, right? And so 
that is a better approach to help involve the child in learning that kind of thinking. Before I make this choice, I want to quickly assess what are some of the potential outcomes? Am I okay with those or not? And then making the decision about how you move forward. To take this back to the core, the core piece here, and I'm going to just quote. There's this amazing uh, a d- doctor. His name is Gabor Mate. Uh, G A B O R is the first name. Mate is M A T E with the accent over the E. And he, this this quote is: People have two needs: attachment and authenticity. When authentic or when authenticity threatens attachment attachment trumps authenticity. Okay. What that effectively means as it applies to this situation is this young woman from the time she was little, because it's a a need we all have as humans, has needed initially for her literal survival to be attached to her parents. Now on a more emotional level and psychological level, she needs to feel attachment in the form of acceptance first and foremost, of her parents. And anyone listening, it doesn't matter if we are, you know, 25, 35, 45, 55, we will forever strive if we have not received it to get our parents' sense of love and, and un- unconditional love and acceptance, right? You, you can't be more right. I still love it if my dad comes to see me do a show. Right. And I'm a 50-year-old man. Yes. And I still ask him after the gig, Dad, what'd you think? Well, you know, I just, I don't know about the language sometimes. <laughs> I, you know, I, I appreciate it. They seem to love it. And I'll be honest. I don't know why I'm making my dad <laughs> talk like that, but he's, he'll say to me, you know, Joe, I, so I really enjoyed it. But, the, you know, the one thing at the very end, I don't know, but they seem to like it. I don't understand it, but they liked it. And uh, it's still that. It's and how does that. it feel in your heart when he oh, says man, that? Oh man, it's the best! I yes. could shake hands with a million people after the show. I could, I could sell out on merch. I could, I could get a bonus from the club. I could, I could get rebooked. I could have another comic come up to me. But if my dad says, "Man, I, you know, I really enjoyed your show," and I, I could sit there when he came down to Florida with me. He went to like three or four shows, and it was, it was some of the best moments. And it was so silly. It was him and I driving in the car because, which that was pretty funny, but him and I driving around Florida together. Uh, but he would just talk about the shows yes. and, 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 and have ideas for, you should tag it with this or you should. And I was like, wow, like this is so crazy. I, I've, I'm friends with a lot of comedians, but having my father care enough to talk to me about a bit, it, it made my heart just Right. You know, full, so now, so full, now let's full, put that fully into, complete. Let, that, let us put that into perspective. You are a 50-year-old person who is completely independent, like in terms of your finance, you're not going to your dad for, to, for, to keep the, the, the Sibiondo house running. Right. So even as a 50 year old, full blown human being, it still is important to you as a driving force. And it still lands in your heart with this sense of like, Oh my gosh, I'm just glad my dad liked it. Right. So imagine how this 15 year old. So imagine how a 15 year old girl feels. Right. Or imagine how a five year old feels when that not only is her physical, like, so, so not only is her emotional dependency, like her emotional attachment, a a core part of her healthy development, but also she's literally dependent on this, on this person to, to maintain her survival in the world. Okay. That's still a thing at 15 for, for most of us. So when he is denying her that she's going to try, as I suspect she has to, to do the right thing, to get, you know, her, her version of that within her own capacity. And probably a lot of it, and what's, it's what most of us do, is we, we, we tamp down our authentic needs, right? Meaning our 
me being the fullest, truest version of myself. Well, I could adapt that if I need to, if it'll make mom or dad happier, if it'll make me feel more accepted by mom or dad. I'll put my authentic self, my need to be my real version of myself over to the side here or parts of it in order to get their love and acceptance because I feel like I need that to survive, right? And slowly she becomes a persona of herself instead of her truest self, right? What additionally is happening here in this particular case is she is now, as the mother is very, again, astutely observing, she is looking for that elsewhere in terms of like trying to find, trying to fill that void, trying to fill that need for acceptance and attachment to something, to some loving uh, connection. And she's cutting. She's cutting to release all of the anxiety and tension and sadness and and feeling of, of, of not good enough that she is getting as a result of this dynamic, this this interaction with, with her father. So it's safe to say the father's plan of, hey, I'll give you my love, I'll give you my attention and my support when you as long stop as you do what I and yes. you're exactly the way that you should be. According to me. <laughs> if he needs any more uh if he needs any more uh ideas and 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 more of a path of that's not working. Yes. You know, like how many more things do you need to hear to see, yeah. that this isn't working? Right. But here's the thing. So so we we talk about that, right? And when you're standing outside of it, you're like, yeah, guy, come on, get, get it together. But the minute that we stop, and now here's the importance of compassion, even for us in this village, compassion for each other as parents. When you're in it the way he's in it, and you think about all these other things that are at play, he's he's also vying for his own survival, the survival of himself as he has come to, to be, and and because because to 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 look at his daughter and and say, huh, okay, well, where am I in this relationship? Are there things about myself that I could look at, or things that I need to change about myself instead of always pointing the finger and asking her to change her behavior? Um, is terrifying to him, and so he's withdrawing, and that withdrawal is only going to further magnify this this issue, the distance and the damage that it's doing to his daughter and her need to either seek relief through things like cutting and or seeking to fill that void in what will very likely be unhealthy relationships because they are coming from a place of fear and desperation instead of her going out as a full human being that feels good about who she is and has a certain set of standards like, I value myself. I value myself because my parents have told me that I'm a valuable human. And so somebody who treats me poorly doesn't get to be in a relationship with me. Only people who feed to me what my parents have fed to me, which is they see me, they value me. Those, that, those are the people I'm going to get into relationship with. All right. Man, so many great points there. I feel like we could do an episode really on the relationships between fathers and daughters just straight yep. up. You know, so uh, this could be a to be continued. This could be. And, I and also do a part, talking I about do, that. I want to do a part one. Or, sorry, this would be part one. Yeah. The part two that I'd love at a certain point or just a whole separate episode, got to hit on again. We got to do something on cutting. Yes, well, we'll definitely do cutting, but I think the follow-up episode on this one should really be like, let's maybe part two will be, let's dive into exactly what it is for a father um, or a mother to be prototype humans in their relationships with their with their daughters and their sons. We typically think, you know, son father, you know, daughter mother, but it is way more complex than that. And 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 let's let's dive into that as our part two of, of this that whole episode. Dynamic. Yes, I please, love that. It'd be great. Okay, for this right now, before we we're coming in for a landing. Mm-hmm. All right, 
recline, uh, get your seats out of recline, uh, put your tray tables down, <laughs> uh, dispose of this, boom, 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 boom. We're coming in for a landing. And Naya, the, yeah. uh, the, I got to say this, for the mom that put this letter together, so articulate, so great, what do you say to her to get the uh, ball going in the right direction to get like how what does she say to her husband okay how do they be how does she help her husband and her daughter reconnect and start the second half of their relationship and begin that journey what's the what would you say to her she's listening to you right okay, now okay so there's going to be there's going to be a two-pronged first step right because the mom is basically sitting between the the husband and the daughter so mom this is a lot on mom but this is going to be you're going to do something with both of them with the father and this is the first time i'm going to plug this book and i will be doing it again please get a copy of a book called the conscious parent transforming ourselves empowering our children and read it with your husband don't make it a him thing because that'll be pointing the finger and he could push back on that say i heard this book recommended on this podcast i've been listening to i'd love for us both to read it and then we could discuss i think it's really going to help us as parents these these this particular set of parents, by the way, have five total kids. So don't even make it specifically about the daughter. Um, and for all of the rest of you listening to this as sort of like, you know, audience members who are taking notes to see how they can apply it, I would recommend the same thing. Get this book. It's phenomenal. And it really speaks to that first core step, that foundational step is of how do, how, how do I see the parent-child relationship and how do I really engage in conscious parenting where I see where I am in that and why my kids are pushing these particular buttons. With, your with her daughter, so this is simultaneously, mom, you're going to need to kind of pick up the slack. Your daughter right now needs to hear in as many ways and as frequently as you can, you can step up and give it to her. She needs affirmation. She needs to feel seen. She needs to feel valued in a really overt way. Figure out the things that she is doing well, if she's funny, if she's witty, even her tenaciousness and her pushback, her, her quote unquote difficulty as a child. Find a way to frame that for yourself in your own mind and celebrate it with her. Help her see how she can channel that energy into working for her in a constructive way and call out that her dad is human. And he's also got things to work on. And just like you've always said, Joe, this is his first time being a, a parent to a 15-year-old girl. So he's got things to figure out too. And so it's not to excuse the fact that he's checking out or he's having this sort of harsh approach, but it is helping her to also be in a place of compassion and see her dad as human and, and flawed, right? Um, so that's the first step. And then honestly, the second and third steps will flow from that, but it's, it's get that first foundational piece in, in, in always looking at yourself first. If your kid is pushing your buttons, what is the button inside of you and what is the origin of that? Look at that because if you're having a big reaction, it, if it's hysterical, it's historical. It probably originates from something that happened when you were five with your own parents and you are now bringing it to the table because your kid is reflecting it back at you. And instead of thinking of, oh my God, this is such a drag. This isn't what I signed up for. Think of it as an opportunity, not only for your child to learn from where you've come from, but for you to learn and grow as they reflect back at you a wound that you've probably had buried deep for a long time that isn't being addressed. Gosh, Anea. This is one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. Really? Yeah. I'm so glad. I think it was one of my favorite because I've been there. I know so many other parents are currently there. And this to me was such a right to the moment. Like someone right now I know is listening to this and going, oh my gosh, I just got some tools. I just got some knowledge that I can bring home to my partner uh, or 
oh my gosh, I'm that dad. I'm doing that right yeah. now. I, I thought I was doing it the right way, which I could always say in this podcast, been there, yeah. done it. Uh, there's no, there's no one that doesn't make those, those, I don't want to say mistakes, but hasn't had those triggers that gets them to go down the road that, that, that they don't want to go down as right. a parent. And so let me, and so let me say on that note, this is an episode and I hope like that nobody who had like kids that are, you know, two or three, like tuned out. This is for everyone. The sooner that we can recognize this, like this would be the ultimate parenting course. And folks, this is part of what we'll be dealing with, with the beta group is, is our foundational piece is always going to be, where are we in this as parents? How do I pr- Receive the ch- child-parent relationship. So whether you like don't have children yet, you've got one. You've, you've got one in the womb. They're they're three. They're thirteen. Whatever. There is. It's not too late, and it's never too early to dial this in. This is the ultimate. Like you know, we do marriage classes before you get married. This should be the core part of a parenting class. Is I don't think. I, I don't think anyone would tune out because what I feel is is that I guarantee you that that when you begin your relationship with your child, I know this that these uh, habits that this dad has taken mm-hmm. on, they start to develop around two or three. They start to develop around three or four, five, six. It's the first time there's an action or a behavior that you don't agree with. Oh, I'm going to show you how I, I'm going to show you how yes. I do that. I, I disconnect from you, love and yep. emotion. So thank you so much, Anaya. Uh, I feel like we got so much great. One more time with the plug on the book there Yeah. For so me. I'm going to do, I'm going to do both. I'm going to plug the book and I'm also going to put Gabor Mate on everybody's radar. So the book is called The Conscious Parent, Transforming Ourselves, Empowering Our Children by Shafali Sabari. She's a PhD. Um, and just like, just if it gives it any big cred, the preface, ladies and gentlemen, is written by the Dalai Lama. So this is, I mean, this is great, great stuff that is like super spiritual in many ways, but so basic everyday stuff that you can apply um, that will benefit not only yourself as a human being, but also your kids. And then the second plug I want again is check out some of Gabor Mate's work. And that quote again was, people have two needs, attachment and authenticity. When authenticity threatens attachment, attachment trumps authenticity, meaning we are raising children and we have been, we were raised as children where we basically, we gave up the version, our authentic selves and took on a persona to, um, to please our parents, to preserve the attachment, that safety of the attachment. I need my parents' love. I need to know they see me. I need to be acceptable to them. And if it means I need to become a inauthentic version of myself to do so- I'll do it. I'll do it. I love that. Great quote. Thank you so much for plugging both of those. And I love the way that you brought the idea of bringing that book into a relationship with your partner. It's not, hey, you need to read this because I know everything going on. Hey, let's read this together and then let's discuss. You know, yeah, take a break sure. from Netflix for a second. That's what I'm talking about. You know, uh, you you sit down, you read, you learn, and then you continue the journey as a parent. Uh, Anaya, thank you so much. Uh, before we get out of here, do me a favor. Uh, if you want to be a part of Anaya's beta group uh, that they're going to be pulling together, one more time on that email is radparenting at gmail.com. Uh, the, the spots are filling up, so you got to do it sooner than later. Uh, and lastly, if you're living out on the East Coast, I would love to see your little face uh, at the show. I will be at Bridgeport, Connecticut with Jim Brewer, Stress Factory. You can go to stressfactory.com. It's in Bridgeport, Connecticut. I'll be there May 3rd, 4th, and 5th. I would love to see some rad parents out there. We will have fun together. And if you would like uh, two tickets to any of those shows, uh, email your name right now and say, yo, Joe, I want to come see you at radparenting at gmail.com. With all that said, my name is Joe Sib. And Anaya Bogue. And we're out of here. Late.